welcome one and all to episode 10 of Queers at Play. I am your host for this episode. My name is Ruben and I'm joined as ever by the wonderful Mark. Hello. And our cat-eared friend, Will. Meow, meow. Episode 10, wow. So, episode 10. Happy I can't believe we made year. it to 10 of these. Well, 12, yeah. I suppose, if you include the specials. True, true. Uh, and yeah, we're into a new year of our fucking nonsense, which is good. Um, so, jumping straight into it and continuing with last year's nonsense. God, CDPR at it again. <laughs> we've had... <laughs> just, in the, just in the last couple of weeks, we've had a drop-off on Steam, an investigation by the Polish Consumer Protection Agency, and a and I use this term as loosely as possible, apology from the CEO. Well, I mean, I think I'd like to start off by addressing the Steam drop-off from a, a slightly devil's advocate point of view, in that this is a game that was released while vast uh, swathes of the population were in lockdown over Christmas, didn't have a lot else to do. So if they were interested in playing Cyberpunk, and it is only a single-player game, they are probably kind of done with it now. So, you know, th- there's probably a good reason why the user drop-off has finished on Steam, because people are probably just done with it. But for a game that was... Uh, I mean, you're completely right, and and drop-off of players is just... It's a thing with games. It, it, it happens. Um, but for a game that was touted as large and with as much to do as Cyberpunk 2077 was, for it to drop off so suddenly, so quickly, and so severely, is definitely a concern for a game that's supposed to be as big as it is. Everyone just finished at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I think think the the most interesting one of these stories is that they are being investigated by the Polish Consumer Protection Agency. You know, it's interesting to see a regulator deciding they're going to take a look at what's gone on here. Um, and I am just going to say, I'm not going on a full-on rant, as I promised <clears> the queers, about the apology, in inverted commas. Um, but, and I have already told you both this, um, by God, it annoyed me every single time he referred to the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 as old gen. Um, <laughs> because And talked about, you know, oh, we found it really hard to get it to work on old gen. It's like, well, this is a game that they supposedly started conceiving of and thinking about in 2012 before PlayStation 4 and Xbox One even existed. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, spent all of their time developing through those, those those consoles' life cycles. Like, they were not old gen for those for those consoles. It, it was current gen to them. Yeah, I it, get the feeling like, like it was always planned as a next-gen game and the previous gen consoles were just an inconvenience that they had to deal with yeah yeah but if see the thing is um i've got a much bigger gripe with the apology which i'll get to in a second but um the the, pro- the problem i had with their use of the word getting it to uh, the, the term getting it to work on old gen um was why release the game on it then? yeah like you 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 went for a full release and marketing campaign for ps4 and xbox one Money. You know money, it is, money is the yeah, reason, Ruben. True, but they've ended up losing money through refunds because they lied. Like it's, it, and they've lost so much, so much of the reputation they built up over years. The really positive reputation they have literally pissed it into the wind by being twats about it. Yeah. Um, and also, don't refer to it as old gen for a lot of people because of the amount of you know consoles out there of the new gen of PS5 and Xbox series consoles because of the lack of stock. So, well, lack lack of stock versus demand, not lack of stock in terms of general creation, etc. because I can't call on that. But you're alienating so many people by saying, this game doesn't work on the latest console you have. Um, I mean, albeit anyone who's not a fan of Cyberpunk won't have watched that apology because most people, most general public, like Joe Public, won't give a fuck about this apology. But my biggest issue with it, my little rant, and I'm only going to go on a little rant because I also promised you both, is the CEO's audacity of saying, I accept full responsibility for this. 
all of my teams are talented and hardworking, but QA missed this. Like, no, 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 no. You took responsibility. You can't now throw your quality assurance department under the bus. It was also it was Fuck also off. bizarre because it was that whole thing of like, oh, we didn't pick this up in our testing. It's like, well, given the number of problems that you hear about people having, you can't spend very long trying to test it, can you? Mm. On mm. inverted commas, old gen. No, the thing they... is, though, uh, and these problems happened within hours, within the first few hours of the game, like. There is no, there is no fucking way in hell, zero chance that QA missed this. None. No, Q- no. This would have been picked up, and they would have gone. No, that's acceptable. We just need to get it released. Mm. We'll revisit it after release. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm with you, Ruben, when you talked about, um, you know, it should just shouldn't have come on, on the PlayStation Four and the Xbox One. Um, I think it probably also shouldn't have been released as was on the PlayStation 5 or the Series X. And it was interesting hearing him talk about, you know, a version on PC that they're actually very proud of and which, you know, reviewers have regarded much, much better. And you can't help but feel they should have delayed the console releases. Mm-hmm. They could have launched on PC and, they, all and who the knows, then they could even have, have done their console release and have built hype from all these people who've been talking about how much they're enjoying it on PC. Also, as one last thing, don't even fucking try to say you're not going to crunch them on these updates. Don't. You're lying. We know you are. Fuck you. <laughs> so on to Papier Pastor. <laughs> Hooray! Um, Mark's and, some, things. and something that's really, like, I, like, out of the three of us, I know Mark especially has a vested... <laughs> there's a conflict of interest here. Lucas Games have not only announced India, an Indiana Jones game, but also yes. they have announced that they have entered a new partnership of sorts and remove and the exclusivity license has ended with EA for Star Wars. Yes. Mark, um, this so, is your thing. <laughs> Go. So I think as probably many of you may be aware, um, first announcement to come out was that Lucas were bringing back the Lucasfilm Games brand. Mm-hmm. Um which, which is what LucasArts was before it rebranded as LucasArts. It's now gone back to LucasFilm Games. I kind of miss LucasArts, but, you know. Um, they then uh, announced a... Well, I can't remember which one came first, but they announced an Indiana Jones game is coming. Uh, and that is by uh, the same people that I believe have made the recent Wolfenstein games? Machine games? Is that right? It is machine games. It's yeah. certainly one of the Bethesda lots, made... isn't it? Yes, yeah. Um, so, you know, they certainly know what to do with Nazis, so that's promising. Slightly <laughs> um... <laughs> <just> broken me. <laughs> Sorry, well, I just was not expecting that as a line on our podcast. <laughs> Oh, uh, we're um, never going to be a pro-Nazi podcast. Let's put I, it that yeah, way. I mean, yes, admittedly. And there, you know, there have been some some great Indiana Jones games in the past. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, which was a classic uh, Lucas Arts point-and-click game from the era of you know Monkey Island and Sam and Max and Day of the Tentacle. Um, and it it's a great standalone story. Um, Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine, which is very much in a kind of early Tomb Raider S5, and I can definitely see that whatever this uh, upcoming Indiana Jones game is probably going to be somewhere in a kind of uncharted modern Tomb Raider style. Yeah. Because it just, I mean, it, it's, you know, I don't think you can deny that Uncharted especially cribs massively from the Indiana Jones formula. And, the, and then new Tomb Raider um, cribbed from Uncharted, so it's like this big feedback... Yeah, so yeah, Indiana Jones is now coming back. It's great. Love a bit of Indiana Jones. I think um, it's exciting because, like you, so, I, I expect you know we're going to see something fairly action adventurey, and I love Uncharted yeah. and I love Tomb Raider, so you know I go in for those kind of games. And hopefully, it will just and be so fun because you know it, than the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, well, indeed, and, and as I said, hopefully, it will just be fun because the Indiana Jones films they don't take themselves seriously, which I guess is also what puts themselves in that Uncharted vein. And they're just fun capers, so, you know, if they can recreate that in a game, it'll be really good. 
Um, and then following on from that, there was news of a new Star Wars open world game being delivered by, develop, delivered? Well, I suppose delivered, but developed by our friends at Ubisoft. Um, but specifically the studio that did, I see, that I did The Division, I believe. Oh, so it won't be political then. That's good. <laughs> no, it won't be political. Um but I think what's more interesting from this is is not necessarily that um, Ubisoft are developing an open world Star Wars game, um, and also you know for your benefit, Ruben, fuck Ubisoft. Um, yeah. But more importantly, I think is that the Star Wars license is no longer exclusive. So not only are we still going to be seeing Star Wars games from EA, mm-hmm. um, we're going to see the Star Wars game from Ubisoft. But I suspect down the line we will see more Star Wars games from other developers. You know, I think the, the way it read to me is that that Lucasfilm games are open to suggestions and approaches from anybody that has something interesting they want to do with the Star Wars universe, and they'll you know they're going to take those suggestions and you know potentially give that license out to anybody who wants to make what may well be an interesting game please 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 lucasfilm games can you go and do what it takes and speak to the people that you need to speak to and let's get the remake of the rogue squadron games that was finished and never released on on the wii polished up and out of its development hell there we go that's my piece also make a jedi also get super giant to make a Jedi game. Oh, that'd be really cool. Um, I was going to say as well, Mark, the other thing I was going to note is you mentioned, you know, the fact they've they've rebranded um, as Lucasfilm Games. It's, it's also noteworthy that um, they've launched YouTube and Twitter channels and things. So it it's very much an impression of, it's like Disney and Lucasfilm, as, you know, a subsidiary of Disney, have suddenly noticed that maybe they could take better care of these of these. Of these IPs that they could make lots and lots and lots of money out of licensing if they do the licensing well. Yes, Mm. absolutely. Um, So that's what excites me as well. You know, we we might be moving into a bit of a golden era. Who knows? We'll find out. Um, Time will tell. So on to the, well, what is very quickly becoming the podcast curse. Uh, in that we, as is known by now by avid listeners, we record on a Thursday. And every time we are recording on a Thursday, on that Thursday, there will be a cavalcade of fucking Nintendo news <laughs> on that day. It's <laughs> happened every fucking time we have gone to record. Um, and this week is no different because new Pokemon Snap coming in April. And it looks pretty. It's not for me at all. I'm not really. I'm. I'm really not into that sort of game at all. I didn't like the original Pokemon Snap, personally speaking. But you know, people are fucking raving. It's still trending on Twitter. At time yeah, I never played the original. I was. I was always jealous of people who had the original because I didn't. Um, I'm looking forward to giving new Pokemon Snap a try because I think it just looks quite chill. Going and being a Pokemon wildlife photographer would suit me down to the ground. Maybe, you know. April May when when we're all fed up of all of this twenty twenty one shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it. I also never played the original Pokemon Snap. I'm not necessarily convinced it's for me either. Um, but it does look beautiful, and I mm. know I'll, there are going to be a lot of people. I think that are going to absolutely love this sequel. Yep. I mean, I've seen. I've, I mean, we've seen like. I, I don't know whether you guys have seen, but like I've already seen several of the people that listen to us have been raving to shit about this on Twitter mm-hmm. already. Um, this is this is I mean the fact it's still trending. This is this is a big deal. Like even if we aren't necessarily the target audience or we aren't particularly interested in ourselves, this is still a massive deal. So what I, what I what I find fascinating about Pokemon Snap is that. For the you know for the original, I, was, was there a pitch meeting where someone at Nintendo went right? We need an on rail shooter, and somebody went Pokemon. Yeah, we can't actually shoot them. <laughs> you shoot them in a it's, different way. Someone just misunderstood idea. what shooter meant. <laughs> yes, <laughs> somebody was expecting like a, a, a safari sh- like hunting game with Pokemon, and then they came back with picture taking. Yeah, shooting photographs. I mean, it did work out. It 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 worked out really well for them. Very clearly. Um, 
and um it's it, it it's the it's to be honest it's the first kind of big nintendo game really that didn't have a release date going into the year so it's it, it was going to make splash it was going to make waves not splashes although that would have been oh i should have left it as that because magikarp no splash that would have been oh, a clever pun ruined it now uh, um, what we advise you to anyway. do, avid listeners, is rewind about thirty seconds and then just jump forward as if none of this ever happened. Yeah, pretend I made that joke. That would that would I'd really appreciate it. You'd be doing me a solid. In fact, just so, send tweets to Ruben that just say splash. Fuck no! Don't do that. Um, <laughs> so the other thing we had, uh, which dropped a quite decent trailer actually and then a follow-up kind of features trailer is we have now seen more of bowser's fury um thanks to a trailer that dropped for super mario 3d world are you particularly excited about the quantity of cats in this bowser's fury oh my god all of the cat ears the cat is everywhere my favorites are i've got two particular favorites um the piranha plants of cat ears are amazing and the cheap cheeps of cat ears are just hilarious when they're just like jumping out of the water and you can just see the cat ears thing is have you seen they've released kind of high quality renders and when they've got cat ears they become furry as well oh my so god that's so nintendo so the piranha plants are furry and i'm like furry and, the moment, piranha I, plants. and the moment i saw it i was like this 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 isn't right it's <laughs> they've, they've really thought about wrong. this way too much it's, yes. yeah what it's like it's like someone was was sat in like a cafeteria at nintendo on their lunch break um from the mario team and they were just sat there and they were just you know, just chatting away to someone from the Yoshi team and someone from the Yoshi team went, you know what you could do? Because <laughs> that is so Yoshi <laughs> to, like, make it tactile like that. Uh, oh, it's just so good. And uh, Bowser's Fury looks great. I mean, it looks a lot more open than 3D World. It it's, it, feel, feel, it looks to me, from, the, from what we've seen, of a mixture between Odyssey and 3D mm. World in terms of the way you kind of navigate around it. Um, yeah. It's got local co-op. One of you can play as Bowser Jr., which is a great idea, in in my opinion, as well. Um, and, well, we now know the official name is Giga Cat Mario, which is great. Giga Cat Mario! Um, yeah, Giga Cat Mario. It's so... He, he, he gets little sideburns. <laughs> it's just fucking... It's the dumbest shit possible. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm here for it. Like, I, I loved the expand... The little... Um, side stories they added to the mario and luigi games when they were remastered for 3ds and bowser's fury is just another one of these sort of little expansion things Mm. and i I love it it looks so good i can't wait to play this game and it has online co-op now yeah which is it's really Mm. so we get to play that together and throw each other into lava and it's gonna be great 3d world Um, cowboys being cat mario's uh, well, in all fairness, like if I was to do a list of my top ten Mario costumes, power ups, Cat Mario would be in the top three. Fucking easy, if not number one. <laughs> Although Tanuki, Tanuki, but let's not um, upset any if, any beloved Tanuki listeners if they are listening. Uh, yeah, because you know what, I I also thought that Bumblebee Mario was quite adorable from oh, Bumblebee because he he's got a little furry butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon, our this special episode is... where we rate our favourite Mario costumes and <laughs> do cute voices to explain why we find them so cute. Okay, look, I'm going to put it out there. People who listen to this podcast, reply to the tweet we put out about this episode if you want us to do a bonus episode where we discuss Mario's costumes, and we will do it. <laughs> Putting it out there now. Just just say. Just shout. And... and so, and send money to us via PayPal if you would like us to do a photo <laughs> shoot where we cosplay in each of those outfits. <laughs> don't don't do that. <laughs> I I want to say don't do that, but also money. Anyway, yeah. Onto the onto onto the next thing. So we we all knew this was coming. This is it's it's a bit of sad news, but we all knew it was going to happen. Super Nintendo World has been delayed, and it's over. Yeah. Like, we knew it was going to happen. It makes sense. It's... There's still a pandemic going on. Mm. There's... Still a pandemic. Japan's still having a massive issue. I think... Are they still in state of emergency? Or... They've gone... They've, for the, the second time, they've announced yeah. a state of emergency, and they have mm. um, completely shut their borders to people who don't have permanent residency. Yeah, so it, it makes perfect sense. I mean, it's, it's sad, yeah, granted, but it makes sense 
for it to be closed. Yeah, and they have um, sensibly... It's not going anywhere, and it will open when it's... Indeed, they've sensibly, but yeah. sadly, um, not even announced a time when they hope to open. They are waiting and seeing. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a shrewd, it's a good move. It's, it's a good move. Speaking of another good move, though, that Mario Red and Blue Switch bundle... Oh my god, that, that is, that is so bad. A lot of red and blue. It's so pretty. It's so fucking cute. I really, really want it, but I have the Animal Crossing Switch, so I really don't think I can justify getting yet another Switch. Why? It's frustrating, you know, as a as as when you buy consoles when they come out at launch, you always almost always miss out on these special editions because you've already got the launch console or whatever. Yeah, it is. I get that. And, and at this point in at this point in the Switch's life cycle, I don't want to buy another special edition Switch because I'm almost guaranteed now <laughs> that a next version of the Switch will be due. If not this year, then definitely next year. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say the, I at think least the... with at least with the Switch, um, in a way that we haven't had always with other consoles, um, we are all able to switch it up pun not intended, um, by getting different Joy-Con. You know, we, we can absolutely give mm. our Switch a, a totally different look and feel. With the mm. Joy-Cons, yes, absolutely. I mean, this is this this is the thing, um, I mean, this is jumping back a little bit, but this is the thing I loved, I really loved about the new 3DS. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that you could change the face plates, yeah, and there was limited yeah. edition, and there was limited edition face plates for certain game releases. Like there was a really gorgeous Majora's Mask one, um, and it just gave you that option to change up whenever you yeah. want. And yeah, I and really it also and it also that. sounds like Sony possibly are intending a similar thing with the PS5. Yeah, yeah, because you can remove the face plates very easily on the PS5. So yeah, um, I just looked over at my PS5 naturally. Like I know you can't see that, listeners, but like I just looked over it. Like, my eyes just drifted with an with um, an adoring look in his eyes. True love. Oh, it, 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 is, it is my second baby after my car, I must admit. And it costs about the fucking zone. Um, but, um, yeah. So, like, the red and blue Switch is, if you don't own a Switch already, that is a gorgeous little bundle. So, um, Or you, if, if you have someone else who wants a Switch that you can palm off your second hand, less interesting one, <laughs> while you get the, the Super Mario one. People with younger siblings uh-huh. take note. Um, so, con- continuing, but like continuing to roll with the Nintendo thing, uh, they uh, Nintendo acquired Next Level Games. Yeah, I'm sure that Mark in particular is absolutely thrilled by this news because we should all remember that Next Level Games is responsible for one of Mark's favourite games um, of all time, Federation Force. Yeah, of course, and. What other reason would there be to acquire them if not to produce a sequel to that astounding masterpiece? I look forward to, um, you know, in two weeks' time, we'll be sitting down on a Thursday, we'll be nearly ready to record, we'll suddenly just go, have you seen what's been announced on Twitter? Metroid Prime 4 shelved Metroid Federation Force (laughs) 2 on its way. Releasing this year. (laughs) Just give me another blast ball. I'd be happy with that alone. Um... I mean, to be fair, this was a brilliant decision. Yeah. I mean, Next Level Games. Um, I mean, Next Level Games created that uh, they they developed uh, Luigi's Mansion Three, and that was a fucking incredible game. Um, they've got pedigree. Oh. I mean, Federation Force notwithstanding, they have pedigree. They did um, Mario Super Strikers and... on Wii, which was actually really good fun. I hate football, mm-hmm. but I found that, that was really a good, good game fun. As well. The Mario Strikers games are good. I hate football too, but they are good. Um, I mean, if I heard this correctly, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that this only came to light because someone else was going to acquire Next Level Well, I think, I think it's that the founders or the owners were looking to sell mm. their shares because they were looking to get out of the business, which kind of forced Nintendo into buying them for fear that somebody else might sweep in and, and, and snatch them up. Yeah, and it's because just like they're expecting really, it to be a pretty swift acquisition. They're expecting it to be, to be done by the end of this financial quarter. And, like, great. I mean, it's great. It's, like... Well, and presumably, it's going to bring good. talented developers, you know, into Nintendo properly. Mm. Um, and I imagine it's going to it's gonna save Nintendo money in the long run because they've been giving them loads of money to develop stuff anyway. And then they won't have to... Yeah, yeah they can do it at cost. They won't, have, they won't have to split things. Um, but, yeah, that was a 
once again, Nintendo making a great decision. Um, and finally, I don't, I don't have much to say about this, if I'm honest, but uh, both of you might, um, or either of you might. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise had a demo. Um, I've actually, I've not watched the, the event. I've not tried the demo. Um, but what I do know that I think it's worth us mentioning is that um, in Japan and elsewhere in the world, the eShop crashed. Um, and they think it is because of the number of people who are trying to download the Monster Hunter Rise demo. Um, and, you know, it won't be a surprise that this is going to sell like hotcakes in Japan. Mm-hmm. I yep. have nothing really to add. I, I've I've never really been it, gotten to the Monster Hunter games. So, again, it didn't, didn't appeal to me. I haven't watched the event. I've not downloaded the demo. I have to say, I'm sorry. And, I'm, I'm and sorry. if you're a listener who's much more into Monster Hunter and knows everything about Monster Hunter Rise, just imagine that we've had some kind of deeply insightful discussion. Um, because we did. Will just winked at the camera for those of you that are listening. And <laughs> imagine, and now but imagine you still like, winking. Because, like, I, I had no... Um, I, I, I tried Monster Hunter and I do not like it. So... Um, it, Rise was never going to be for me anyway. I'm looking forward to the the the, the next Monster Hunter game. That I think it's Heroes Two, isn't it? Stories, which isn't really a monster. It's it's, it's stories set in the it's set. What? It's not Monster Hunter Stories. It, two. That's it. Stories. Yeah, Monster Hunter Stories Two. You're right. Um, because that look that looks more like my speed. Whereas Monster Hunter, I give me a health bar for fuck's sake. I want to know <laughs> how close I am to beating this shit. <laughs> Um, it's, I just know it's not for me. I don't have the patience. Uh, whereas um, I, I remain interested in I did really not watch all of this because I do still have on my in my backlog and on my backlog bingo card Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. So I kind of don't want to, knowing that there have been many quality of life improvements, I don't want to like ruin that opportunity. <laughs> um, I want to try and give that, that a fair that shot sense. before I move on to, to, to later Monster Hunters maybe. Yeah, it depends. It depends on whether you like it or not. Um, so on to a couple of little quick fire bits. Um, firstly, the final, the final cheat, the final hidden secret for Nier Automata was finally uncovered. It's like it's interesting s- that this this got uncovered basically by them decompiling the game and and mm. kind of stepping through code because it's so obtuse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like, so for, nobody so would have discovered this by accident unless. They did that, or they had been told by the developers. But if anyone had discovered it yes. by accident, you know, it, again, it's so obtuse that I imagine they would have then struggled to reproduce it because they wouldn't have quite known which combination of things they'd pressed at which time. Yeah. Um, so for those who are unfamiliar, uh, some a, a modder discovered the final hidden secret in Nier Automata, a game that has been out for fucking years, um, by... By reverse engineering, as Marcus said, and what it involved is it involved a complex, uh, a complex sequence of inputs after defeating the first boss of the game, which then skips you directly to the final ending of the game, and and does all of that shit. So deletes your save game, etc. That 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 shit. The the final final ending of Nier Automata, and it was inputted in a similar way apparently to the way that cheat codes were inputted on say tomb raider back in the day just inputs as you're standing there um but did you have to be stood in a specific place yeah and the thing is then once it was revealed yoko taro the fucking madman that he is was just like yes that was something i put in well that's just the last thing that is because he had he had teased that there was something hadn't he this is why someone had Mm. spent all of this time reverse engineering and trying decompiling the code, out. trying to find out whatever it was that he had intimated was hidden. But that's just insane. But yeah, so after four years, finally everything in the Automata has been seen. Well, I mean, I must have been like looking for a needle in a haystack, though, trying to even, de- you know, decompiling the code and reverse engineering it. You, you wouldn't have even known what you were looking for. Well, as from, from what I read, it's like two years ago that, that Yoko Tari said to this person that there was something. So it's taken this person two years after knowing that there was something to find said something. Bonkers. And Replicant's probably going to have something in it too. Um, several things, likely. Um, so 
Fall Guys, we're all familiar with, we are all fans, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. has announced its next crossover, or current crossover, I don't know, timings. It's, yeah, it is live now. Construct. Yeah. Um, a Doom crossover. Which is random as hell. Yep, I did not expect that. I mean, the, I didn't expect the Sonic one either, if I'm honest. But um, yeah, the Doom one. So you can get little costumes of a little Doom Slayer and a couple of the demons, if I'm not mistaken, as outfits as well. Yeah. What a fucking what? weird idea. Why didn't they call it Doom Guys? They should have. Done. Oh my god. And there should just like, be heavy thrash metal as, as all of the soundtrack for the entire period. <laughs> no, that would have been great, though. <laughs> how how dare they not do this uh, yeah now you've mentioned it you know this is this is one of those things where it's just like you feel almost insulted that it didn't happen mm-hmm. um yeah they had so much potential in this crossover but it's it's still a good crossover and it's still clear that doom uh, that doom well that too but full guys is still generating enough interest and enough players and etc to keep going and doing weird shit like this so more power to them to be fucking honest about um something of a joy i guess to us is that hogwarts turf legacy has been delayed yay 2021 gets to be um, turf legacy free in a hogwarts sense at least i've just shrugged <laughs> okay so none of us have anything to say on that right so moving on um, i mean i will just say hilariously because because of the conversation we're going to have in the second half of the podcast I did spend some time looking at some articles that uh, various outlets have published of the the most um, anticipated games of 2021, and that was the one where I was scrolling down the article. I went, "Well, that's not an anticipated game in 2021 anymore." <laughs> that, that article was accurate for such a long time. Ah, uh, these poor these poor writers. Uh, the final bit of quickfire news: um, Axiom Verge, a game that's been out for like seven years. Um, is receiving a free update to add a randomizer mode. Which apparently, from what I was reading, I, I, I found out about this update from you guys less than like an hour ago. Um, but I had a quick read on it. It looks like this is something that was actually developed by the community and the original developers taking it on board um, and has released it as part of an official update initially, I think, for kind of the, the PC Steam version. Um, with a plan to bring it to other platforms further down the line. Um, And I think you have to be very clever with a randomizer when it comes to things like Metroidvanias, because the whole concept of the game is you get certain weapons in certain order in order to progress through the game. So Mm. anything that randomizes elements of the game really has to make sure that you are still getting the right items or items that have the right properties in order to progress you through the game so you don't get stuck. And apparently an awful lot of work has gone into this randomizer to ensure that however much it randomizes it, you can still get through the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I honestly, the moment this randomizer lands, I really want to try it. Yeah, Um, I really want to give it a go. So yeah, as soon as it comes to either the Switch or the PS4, PS5, because I own both, obviously, Hmm. (laughs) I will give it a go. Because it's been, it's like, so there's several randomizers out there that I've been meaning to try. Um, and I, it's been long enough since I played Axiom Verge that a randomizer's not going to fuck with me too much. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I look forward to playing that. Um, but, you know, let's let's take a little break uh, with some Backlog Bingo. What do you reckon? Yay! Yeah! Backlog Bingo! So, Mark. Hello. Last time, well, a long fucking time ago now, you were asked by myself to yes. play The Gardens Between. I was. Um, what I will say up front is I think this is going to be a relatively short backlog bingo section. Not because I have anything bad to say about the game, but the game is very short. And there just isn't a lot to say about it. Um, I think straight off the bat, for anybody that doesn't know oh, what the Gardens Between is, it's a it's a very 
chill puzzle game at its heart. The game only has three buttons, left, right, and interact. Um, and basically, the, the game is a series of levels that are essentially vignettes of um, a summer that two kids that live next door to each other spend together. So each little level is like a little thing that they did on this summer that they spend together as neighbours. So, you know, there's there's a level where they're playing video games, a level where they're playing out in the rain, a level where they're in a treehouse, etc. Um, and you basically walk left to right through this kind of sort of sort of 3D environment. Um, and if you if you're walking right, you're moving forwards through time, and if you're walking left, you're you're moving backwards through time. And the idea is to manipulate time in order to get your characters. Uh, to the end of each level, um, and it's it's all very cleverly done. There's a a whole different bunch of ways that you you uh, interact with a level. Um, quite often, pressing space on something will either kind of pick up or put down a little um, lantern um, that can hold a a glowing ball that can move or dissipate mist that prevents your access, or uh, allows the mist to appear to walk across it. Um, or it can, you can ring a bell um, that pushes other objects backwards or forwards through time. Mm. And you kind of manipulate the environment in these various ways in order to get your characters through to the end of the end of the game. And that's it, really. I mean, I think in many ways it, it reminded me a lot of, I don't know if you ever played um, the Monument Valley games that kind of, came, I think they came out on the iPhone. No. Just very kind of relaxing puzzle games. The first thing I thought of when I played it, I thought, well, this is very Monument Valley-esque. Um, they're both worth, there's two of them, they're on iOS, they're worth checking out if you've got an iPhone. Um, but yeah, great little puzzle games. I think there's there's maybe 20 levels and each one only takes maybe 10, 15 minutes. It's not a long game at all, but it's well worth playing. And there's a little emotional payoff at the end. And that's it. So it's a not much else to say. Ain't it good to have a really overly positive backlog? <laughs> yeah, it makes up for the Halo rant. Mm. It makes it. It makes up for the Halo rant. It makes up for every rant I've done. Um, just about. Uh, yeah, I would say you know if you want a, a, a nice chill little puzzle game, well, I think it would be right up your street. Actually. I was thinking it sounds interesting, so um, I was making mental notes. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. I was I was basing I was basing whether I actually play this game in the future on your review. Okay. <laughs> I was putting a lot of faith in your opinion. Um, you could I yeah. mean you could finish it in an afternoon and it, I think it's a it's a great little experience. It's great. Okay. So that was The Gardens Between. Um, and it now falls to me as the victim and Mark as the bingo caller. For the benefit of both Mark and also myself, for reminding me what the fuck I put on this list, uh, my remaining games are Chibi Robo Ziplash, Persona 5, Undertale, Shadows of the Damned, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, Hashtag FE, and Jet Set Radio. I, I don't have a particularly strong... Uh knowledge about any of these remaining games however i am going to ask you to play chibi robo <laughs> chibi robo ziplash yes okie dokie that so, is kind of one of those uh that's a 3ds game right it is indeed a 3ds game i seem to did the original come out on like the gamecube or, mm -hmm. or... Yeah, the original Chibi Robo was on GameCube. Um, it's one of those games that always looked quite cute and interesting, but never actually played it myself. So it would be interesting to see what you think about it. Okay, so uh, tune in next episode for my thoughts on Chibi Robo Ziplash on 3DS. So on to our final segment. Uh, we've decided to do something a little different this time, actually closer to what we normally do on a special episode, but um, 
we just thought we'd have a segment here for it. And Nintendo uh, didn't give us an actual a direct or partner direct to spend an entire half <laughs> yeah, hour talking bastards. about. We don't know what to do <laughs> when they don't give us that content. Us. <laughs> um, so we're going to discuss, just for a bit, uh, the games that we're looking forward to in 2021. Uh, so who wants to kind of kick off the discussion? Well, I will start by just bringing up a game that we've sort of already mentioned in passing, and that is, and one that I have mentioned on at least two or three separate occasions in previous episodes, is Axiom Verge 2. Mm-hmm. I am shocked. I'm glad I'm sitting down, actually. That was I thought you might be shocked. Um, yeah, it was, I was, it was something that I was very much looking forward to coming out last year. Unfortunately, in October, it was announced it was delayed till kind of early 2021. Um, so I am really hoping that at some point soon, perhaps in an upcoming Indie World presentation from Nintendo, we might get an actual release date for it. So that'll be in about two weeks' time. We'll find out the release date then. Well, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Judge, judging by the time frames we're working to. Um, I mean, I'm with you. Like, I loved the original Axiom Verge, and uh, I'm a big fan of Metroidvanias, like you are. Uh, so Axiom Verge 2, I can't wait for that as well, to be honest. What's, co- what's coming first, the randomizer on console or Axiom Verge 2? Who fucking knows? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe so, one as a precursor to the other. That wouldn't surprise yeah, me in a maybe. direct. It's like the randomizer's update is live now. Ava- yeah, randomizer is available now. Axiom Verge available in three weeks in or whatever. No, maybe, maybe even soon. You know, I can't see it needing a long, a long lead up time. So, Will, do you, what what are you looking for? So, I'm gonna mention a game. Th- that um, I've never actually played any game in the series. Um, but I am looking forward to Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart because I've not played Ratchet and Clank and that game looks like so much fun from what we've seen in the trailers. So um, I'm just after... I after, have completely forgotten about this. Just after as well, having played... Um, we talked in our Games of the Year episode about um, Astro's Playroom and it's really put me in that mood for platformers that are not... Nintendo platformers and going out there and experiencing mm-hmm. some more of what's out there that's still cutesy and fun and you know gives me that vibe and Ruben I very much get the impression from some of the looks you're pulling that maybe this was on your list no it was just a surprise oh, okay you mentioned it it's mm-hmm. not on my list at all I just think it was great fun. yeah I mean, I'd completely um, forgotten about it but I'm it's definitely something I'm looking forward to seeing more of and you know people know what I, I like cutesy and I like platformers so it's it's right up my alley I'm reserving judgment at this point on Rift Apart simply because I don't like what they did with the Ratchet and Clank reboot. Okay. And it's following on from that, so that's my that that's my concern. Um, it does look good, don't get me wrong, but like the reboot, I was a big fan of the original trilogy on the PS2 that they then did as the reboot with the with the new Ratchet and Clank thing and the way they did that reboot irked me in so many ways. <laughs> um, although if you do actually I, I would say though if you do want a taster, I believe it's on the PS Plus collection on PS5. Ratchet and if Clank. it's on the PS Plus collection on PS5, then it is already in my library. So I will go and check. Because I add, just added them all to my library when I when I got my PS5. I mean that makes sense. Um I mean Ratchet and Clank so pretty pretty good um and also one of the big games that's due to come this uh, this year anyway so a a good call uh i'm gonna bring up a game that well i'm there's one game i really want to bring up but i'm not going to bring up that one yet um and you're probably one of you is going to beat me to it so but i'm going to bring up bravely default 2 I am um, just as shocked as you were when Mark said that he was bringing up Axiom Verge 2. I, I too, am astonished by this revelation. Um, so, as the complete shock of my co-hosts would probably give away, uh, I'm a big fan of the Bravely series. Um, so, I'm, I'm just really looking forward to seeing, because I've not played the latest demo. There is a second demo out on the eShop, if anyone's interested. Um, but I'm not playing that. I played the first demo. I sent in my suggestions when there was the survey at the end of it. I've not played the second demo. I'm not going to play the second demo. Um, I'm just waiting for the get the full game now. Um, I'm just looking forward to another Bravely game. Um, because the Bravely games do... 
the kind of classic turn-based RPG, JRPG thing, but uh, you put their own spin on it, and I absolutely adore it. Um, it's the same as I love Octopath, similar concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm just really looking forward to Brave Default 2. The only thing I will say is if there ain't fucking Catmancer in the jobs, I'm going to be pissed. Because <laughs> Catmancer is the best job they've ever put in a game, ever. <laughs> it's one of those, I'm going to repeat what I know, I've, I think I've said several times on the podcast, and certainly you two have heard it a lot. I've not I've not yet played either Bravely Default or Bravely Second. Um, so that's just kind of why I can't anticipate Bravely Default 2. But it was the announcement of Bravely Default 2 that made me feel like I finally had to get round to Bravely Default and Bravely Second. And I do now own them. So um, I'm probably going to experience those at some point in this year. Is the sequel to Bravely Default 2 going to be Bravely Second 2? <laughs> I, I, I don't know how they're going to do it. Bravely Second because... Because yeah, because yeah, bravely second. See that square, square. Stop fucking with naming conventions. It's really difficult. Um, bravely second is a direct sequel to bravely. No, yeah, bravely second is a direct sequel to bravely default. It's set six months afterwards in the same world. It's ex- it, they are a direct sequel. Bravely default two is fuck all to do with bravely default or bravely second. So in that in that <laughs> case, <laughs> following the naming logic. If we get a direct sequel to Bravely Default 2, we'll be looking at Bravely 2 Second. Yes. Because why not? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yeah, like, it, it looks great. It, it looks great. Uh, the demo played great, apart from stupid difficulty spikes, which is what, which is my main, my, my main criticism uh, about the first demo. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I'm, I'm so on board with Bravely Default 2. Mark? Yes. Uh, the second game I think I'm going to bring up is Back for Blood. Yes. Which... <laughs> that, was, that was a very guttural yes, Ruben. Slightly. Um, a spiritual sequel to the Left 4 Dead games, um, which I've been playing through recently. Uh, and yeah, I'm just really looking forward to a, a kind of more modern, up-to-date take on that formula. It's great fun. Second killing, fucking killing loads. Is, of is that bravely second waves or just waves seconded? Waves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bravely seconded. Um, that, I'm with you, one hundred percent. Like I am so excited for Back for Blood now. Uh, after I- the after the alpha and after paying playing Left 4 Dead too so much um i'm i'm so up for it i'm so up for more zombie co-op shooting stuff brilliant Which i've never is, had I this think much i believe of, sorry i've never had this much of a weird uh, opposite turnaround usually i go from <laughs> uh, usually i go from loving something to hating it but i've literally gone the other way around in such a short span with this game well we only have to wait until uh june 22nd for this yeah it's not that long so Will. my next pick is a game that I know that I've mentioned before on the podcast, um, but a game that I'm sure many of our listeners will not have heard of necessarily or recall. Um, my next pick is Chris Tales, um, which I know Ruben's, Ruben's pulling an excited face. Ruben and I played both played the demo together um, at EGX in 2019. Um, so you played the demo a good while ago. It's coming from um, a small Colombian studio. It looks gorgeous. Um, it It's an RPG with really, really interesting time travel mechanics where you can make enemies older and younger and put them in different eras and things. And it was just a lot of fun and I'm really looking forward to it. And, and similar to Axiom Verge um, 2, it is a game that was originally... Um, had a 2020 release date and they then announced they wanted some more time to polish it. So at the moment we're told it's early 2021. Um, And there is a demo. I've still not played the demo. Um, I'm not sure if it's the same demo I've played at EGX, but there is a downloadable demo. So if anyone wants to give it a try, um, you can absolutely go and look that up. Yep, nothing I can add to this, but I completely fucking forgot this game was coming. (laughs) That's what my, that's what my facial expression, I, I completely forgot. This would have been on my list had I remembered it existed. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got nothing to add. I am so excited for that game. I'm just adding a bemused look. 
And we love you for being a Mark. Um, yeah, I like the, the time mechanics were so well executed, even in that demo. And they would have had time to refine them since. Yeah, and so it was still like I'm that demo board. was still a relatively, presumably a relatively early stages, so relatively simple examples of what you could do with that time mechanic. So I look forward to seeing mm. how much depth. And you know what interesting things you're gonna you're gonna unpick and realize you can do as you move further and further in, and you get more in depth at using that mechanic. Mm. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, seeing as neither of you have taken the fucking punt on this, I'm going to. Final Fantasy XIV is due an expansion. What's Final Fantasy XIV? I don't think I've heard of that game. Bitch, please, you're like the biggest <laughs> fucking loudmouth about the game. Um, yeah, so 14 is due an expansion. We will finally find out details about that in less than a fucking month. Um, and yeah, like the, the, the story, the, the, the content at the moment is, is so, so good. And it has been so, so good for all of the patches since Shadowbringers launched uh, two years ago. Um, well, even I think we can go back. I, the, the content's been so so good since, um, you know, I think since it really picked up in. The, I know, I know, I know, and I know, I know. Some people, some people find find Stormblood less appealing. I mean, certainly, I can see that it's it's more low key. But the patches to Stormblood really, really, really started to ramp everything up, um, and since then, it's been at its peak, just consistently, and like. Um, I mean, I think like the best the, the best story that's been in fourteen has occurred. I mean, five point three, fucking Christ, five point three mm-hmm. was just incredible. But they've still got another expansion, and like we could we could very easily put together an entire fucking episode, probably probably a series of episodes with speculation about six point um, but all I'm the only thing I will say is that I could not be more excited about this expansion. I just couldn't. And I think I think the reason this didn't even cross my radar is because it hasn't actually been announced. <laughs> <laughs> it's been announced when they're announcing. Yes, they've announced the announcement, and I know that they are pretty good with keeping to the schedule of when they release these things. So it's a, almost a, a guaranteed certainty. Yes, yeah, and, and also they, they have told us, but it, it's because it hasn't been announced. It's not on any of the lists you're looking. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Things to to look forward to in 2020. It's only 14 fans that really have, uh, are aware that there's going to be an expansion. Um, pre-existing yeah. 14 fans. Um, and I was going to say the other thing they have announced, Mark, is we do know. Um, you know, as they've been very, very, very candid about all the way during the COVID process, we know they're about two months behind where they would originally have been. Mm. So we're expecting that the expansion to drop a couple of months later in the year than it normally would. Um, but that would still put it firmly in 2021. Yeah. And the thing is, they have consistently been very adherent to their own schedules. So we know that's going to still occur and just how Um, how japanese was it when they when they apologized for the fact that patch whichever patch it was that was two months late was two months late even though they had never promised that they would deliver that patch at any specific time that was five point was it 5.3 or 5.2 yeah 5.2 um but it was just so japanese to be like we we apologize for this mistake we have made that none of you know about they're like the anti-cdpr basically they apologise for everything and everything. <laughs> yeah, but their apologies are honest, which definitely... And, and they also don't really have that much to apologise for. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah, true, true. And the thing is, we've still got, before uh, before uh, 6.0, we've still got four, uh, 0.45, 0.5 and 0.55 still to come, expansion-wise. Um, judging by previous expansion to expansion patches so we've still got a lot of fucking content left to come before 6.0 so um so final fantasy 14 will continue to and the expansion will very likely be in fact i'm going to call it here the expansion for final fantasy 14 will be on my games of the year for 2021 i'm just calling it now i mean it's almost guaranteed yeah yoshi p would have to have just like Throw really the biggest of curveballs for it not to be on your games of the year or any of our games of the year, indeed. 
Um, so, okay, let's do one more, one more cycle round. Mark. Okay. Um, in which case, I am going to pick, as it's listed here on Wikipedia, Untitled God of War sequel. <laughs> Isn't it called Ragnarok, though? Haven't they confirmed well, apparently, the title? Well, I think the... Uh, I believe it, the, the trailer said Ragnarok is coming. So it was God of War, Ragnarok is coming, but that, I don't know if that's actually been so announced as the what title. you're saying is people people can't quite parse if it's God of War, Ragnarok is coming, or yeah. God of War, <laughs> Ragnarok is coming. Ragnarok. Um, so, yeah. Ruben's chuckling at me, that, uh, parsing things in different ways. <laughs> game of, you know, it's one of my games of the generation for, for PlayStation 4. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for a sequel for this. I've still not played. I've downloaded it on your recommendation. I've still not played God of War. Again, it's in my backlog bingo. So um, to give it a second try. So I will get there sooner rather than later. I thought I was going to be there last time, but then Mark picked Hollow Knight and completely threw me for six. (laughs) I mean, it's the sign of the it's the sign of the uh, video game industry hype engine that it took a logo for gamers to cream their pants about a God of War sequel. Um, then again, it happened with Metroid. It happened with Bayonetta three. Like the, the video game hype engine. Never I get, I get that. I think um, there's a slight difference between Ragnarok and Metroid, Bayonetta three. Uh, admittedly, Breath of the Wild two had a natural trailer, but let's think. Breath of the Wild two is it was a logo and it said next year. Um, you know, I think that that hmm. invites a, a higher level of hype immediately. Um, true. Um, but yeah, I mean. I will. I will probably come back to this episode later when I've played God of War, and I'll be able to <laughs> probably have a greater say in, in in whether I was excited about it or not. I mean, it's definitely a hugely anticipated game of the year. Game of the year game. Yeah, and und- probably und- a strong game of the year contender when we get to the end of the year. You know, would not be surprised. <laughs> I would very much hope so. I mean, I imagine that you would hope it would be good, as opposed to <laughs> hoping that it wouldn't, Mark. Um, I am gonna. <laughs> yes, I hope this game that comes out that I'm excited about is shit. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to not pick the one that I really want to pick because I assume that if I don't pick it, that Ruben will pick it. Um, so that's going to make my life easy. Um, and I'm going to pick another game that has been mentioned of late on this podcast. Um, I am going to pick. Well, and when I say game, really, it's it's a collection of games. Um, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, um, because I so very nearly picked that instead of God of War. I kind of thought you were going to say it, and I was like, oh god, I'm going to have to pick something else. And then <laughs> it's you said open here as a tab to look. Um, because, I, you know, I've mentioned before, I've played a few hours of Mass Effect, but that's it. Um, so I'm really looking forward to an opportunity to, to get into it proper and to hopefully, you know, I think probably part of what got in the way when I played Mass Effect the first time was uh mass effect 3 i think was already out so you know it was a time when it was already somewhat dated in some of the ways it did things and i'm just hoping some of that quality of life can make it back and and just make for a really smooth wonderful gorgeous looking rich and story experience for me um when i get to finally properly go for mass effect I am also very much looking forward to to replaying through Mass Effect. It's been so long since I played it. I loved the originals. um, And, yeah, I'm very interested to see what they do in terms of remastering. Um, You know, as you're both aware, I somewhat picked... Leftfield picked another EA Games remaster as my game of the year for 2020. Mm. Um, So, you know, I'm hoping that EA are on form with this remaster... I know they're very different teams, but even yeah. so. And that's, yeah, that's my proper final pick. But I'm also cheekily going to say, um, I did actually literally write on my list, pick cross because ofs. Um, so whatever pick cross we get from <laughs> Jupiter Games this year, I'm looking forward to. That does sound like you. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you if you didn't buy the latest pick cross, I would think something was wrong. Um, I like to imagine so that, that my... back at back at like you know Nintendo are getting all the data back from the eShop, and there would just be like some big flashing siren going off. Yeah, they just go through. Wait a minute, Will didn't buy the latest Picross. <laughs> <laughs> Let's send oh, somebody around to check if he's okay. Holding an investor meeting because of, <laughs> because the one per- the one person keeping the Picross <laughs> franchise afloat didn't buy the latest one. 
So my my third pick for twenty twenty one is utterly predictable. Um, for anyone that knows me, and it's Resident Evil Village. Now nah, I'm taking the piss. It's Final Fantasy sixteen. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy sixteen. Yoshi P's involved. Like, what the fuck? Like, I know that all three of my picks are JRPGs. I know. I don't care. Fuck you. Um, they're my picks. Don't care. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy sixteen. It's got to be. Like, I I really want to play as Clarence or Clive or whatever the fuck his name is um, in this, like, dumb world they've created, dumb fancy world they've created with giant gods. Like, fucking bring it, Yoshi. Like, I know, I know you're good. I know what you do is good. And also, so many of the people that have been previously involved with Final Fantasy fourteen are actually involved with this game. And yeah, fuck it. Bring it. Like, Final Fantasy sixteen. I want it. I'm actually going to say that's entirely not what I thought you were going to say. Um, I am shooketh. What? Um, I'm so really? looking forward to Final Fantasy 16. I thought you were going to say near replicants. Uh, it's a remaster. I mean, yes. I mean, yeah. I'm. I, I am excited about near replicant, but I've already played near Gestalt. So this I've is already true. done. This is true. I, I've already done a large portion of the story and the gameplay and and, and all the mechanics. I mean, I know they're going to be refined in replicant and. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, I've, I've pre-ordered Replicant. It's a, it's. A, I'm gonna be playing it. Um, but like Final Fantasy 16 is far more of an exciting thing. I mean, you and I will, as, as testament, watch that trailer so many fucking times. So many times after it was so revealed. So many times. I, I, and um, when that website went live, I like trolled through it for every possible detail I could glean from the website. I've read translations of of interviews that yoshi p has done in japanese magazines like i just like dig and dig and dig and the thing is the trailer never got less interesting to watch and i don't know whether that's a yoshi p thing because shadowbringers has the same fucking thing you can watch the shadowbringers trailer multiple times and never get fucking bored of that shit um, same with Heaven's Ward, same with Stormblood. Like all of these trailers have been very, very, very good. I regularly do just um, sit down and watch all of the final, the the main expansion Final Fantasy fourteen trailers in succession. I just sit and watch all four of them. It's one of my favourite things to do because they're great. And Final Fantasy sixteen has the same level of quality in its trailer. And the fact of the ma- and the fact that Yoshi P was so adamant in that trailer that he was just like there has got to be gameplay in there people are going to want to see how this game plays and therefore they fucking put gameplay in there like this wasn't one of those piece of shit trailers you see during the game awards where you see no gameplay whatsoever of a game and are expected to you know be interested in it yeah you could actually see on multiple levels what final fantasy 16 is going to be which also does and give us made sure that was a thing. and that does give us a good level of confidence that that we may very well we may very well get it in 2021 that and the fact that you know yoshi p is the man who can who can lead a team to rebuild an mmo from scratch in two years flat you know this man knows how to mm-hmm. deliver on time yeah he is no namura um, <laughs> if you to, have that your bingo card check it off check it off <laughs> the, the podcast bingo card slag off namura yep oh let's do one okay uh, it, tweet us with ideas of what should be on the podcast bingo cards or drinking game and we will we will put one together and and maybe share yeah, we'll discuss it a bit in the next episode because you picked one of his games as a game of the year <laughs> that doesn't mean i don't hate him um, it's a love-hate relationship <laughs> also i'd like to jump back and say resident evil village i'm still looking forward to that but yeah i thought you were being serious when you picked i also genuinely so... thought you were being serious <laughs> and, I, and, I, and it would have been completely on brand you know i wouldn't have questioned it i would have been yeah yeah that, that makes yeah. sense reuben loves resident evil having looked through the lists i was like i'm so excited for reuben because he's gonna get he's gonna get resident evil village <laughs> See, that's why it was the perfect misdirection. Um, yeah, I mean, I am looking forward to it, but Final Fantasy sixteen blows it out of the water. As much as I am a Resident Evil fan, as much as Resident Evil is my number one franchise of all time, it, it just is, um, I'm a JRPG person at heart. So yeah. the JRPGs are always going to win out over Resident Evil, no matter how much I love the franchise. Um, but I think that'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so <laughs> I was waiting for a response and you guys just went silent. I was like, sure. Um, so that is episode 10. Thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you along for the ride. Um, you can contact us and I've forgotten the contact information. So once we get to the Discord, I'm going to need help again. Uh, you can contact us on Twitter uh, at Queers at Play. You can contact us on Discord as well and join in our conversational nonsense on discord.com slash no let me try that again <laughs> i've got it wrong <laughs> Dis- discord.quizatplay.com <laughs> we've actually taken over all episode of discord.com uh, episode we are discord. 10. we're on episode 10 <laughs> and i still can't I'm, remember it i'm the only one that can apparently and i'm normally the one the one that you all look to and then you look to me and i crumbled under pressure <laughs> Uh, that's like one of these days I'm going to remember it you watch it's going to happen and that is when Mark and I are actually so, going to fall off our chairs in disbelief and shock during one of these recordings uh, but today my fair listeners was not that day <laughs> no it was not uh, yeah bye guys <laughs> <laughs> see you in a couple of weeks bye everyone <laughs> Oh, we're dumbasses.